0: hello welcome back again to nerd geek dork our podcast where we talk about nerdy geeky and dorky things told you it wouldn't be so long between episodes this time and so we're back uh, relatively quickly with uh, you kept your promise i know you i can't remember the. i wanted to quote evita there because i think that's what you're going for but i can't i kept my distance yeah maybe that's it you kept your promise i kept my distance oh man i i know too much about musicals well regardless (laughs) don't cry for us because we've got a great episode today about james bond (laughs) and uh sorry i'm still thinking about evita here yeah i threw you off Uh, but uh yeah james bond i mean you guys you guys know more about him than me um star of uh, Ian Fleming's novels going back to 1953, uh, which ended up leading to a successful film franchise that uh, lives on to this day with uh, the lovely uh, Daniel Craig. That sounds so awful. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to stop myself right there. <laughs> All right. And on uh, on today's episode, we have uh, our nerdy, geeky, dorky friends, John and Joe Maisel. Different hey. Joe than uh, from the first episode. Yep, and he's kind of a James Bond encyclopedia, if you will. He's all kinds of encyclopedia, so... That is let's, true. Let's talk to him right now. <laughs> <laughs> My thing with James Bond is, you know, uh, I feel like I'm... Uh, you know, I'm uh, a fan of James Bond. I'm not gonna say I'm a super fan by any means and I, I I like the idea of James Bond, but I since the Roger Moore era, I've seen I think two maybe two of the movies. And now I realize that that's that been, you know, more or less thirty years that I've only seen I forgot well, there was one with the Ice Castle, but I keep forgetting what what that one was called. Uh Die Another Day. Die Another Day. I saw that one. And then I think I saw another one, but it's really not you know, my my James Bond fan card might need to be revoked I uh...
1: <laughs> much like James Bond's license Oh, right well I mean I would say speaking from a fan um, ever since I don't know I was like five or six I kind of have a similar track record because I don't know after Timothy Dalton I kind of checked out and I've only seen those um, the Pierce Brosnan ones once and not until the Daniel Craig stuff I kind of got, you know, reinvigorated with it. But I don't know. I mean, Joe, how do you feel about, like, the post-Roger Moore, like, franchise? Because I feel um, like that's when it took a dip, and that was pretty much a, a big change.
2: Yeah, you know, I've always had sort of mixed feelings about the, I mean, the Daniel Craig stuff is overall great, although I'm not that big of a fan of Quantum of Solace.
0: Yeah, that, oh, yeah, that one was a little slow.
2: Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, you mentioned you saw the Pierce Brosnan films, like, once, and... That's pretty much plenty. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I I think culturally it seems like the James Bond franchise kind of took a dip uh, as far as relevance around the same time. So it's not just me. I feel like everybody was like, yeah, like, you know, Roger Moore, Duran Duran. All right. And then (laughs) took a dip. And then now like with the, the, I was about to say Jenny Craig, but it's, uh, what's his name?
1: Uh, Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig. First choice, Jenny Craig. Right. Um, (laughs) Didn't pass the screen test. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. There was a big dip. Like, I guess at, I was looking at all the year, the release dates and, you know, pretty much they come out with one every two years, I mm-hmm. guess. And it seems like the odd years is, is when they do them. Um, bond, years. And bond years. Yeah. Um, and, and then after, um, uh, what was it License to kill? That was like a six year hiatus. Hmm. Yeah. For Goldeneye. Yeah. And then they, um, rebooted it and I don't know. I, I just, the '90s were a weird time in Hollywood, anyway. Right. So, you know, at that time, I, I did like Goldeneye, but uh, yeah,
0: that that one, that one, I still enjoy, and it contributes <laughs> to, the best to yeah it contributes to the universe of movies where Sean Bean dies.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> um But yeah, something about them just—I don't know. Yeah, like, and maybe this is just us getting older, like movies aren't as good i don't know i don't know what it is but I, I i yeah i can't really find myself wanting to watch them again and i don't know if it's the whole thing or and also the, the villains don't seem they just don't seem as villainous maybe or i don't know
2: like there's also there's this weird and i think this is part of the culture of the time with the bronson films like there's this weird kind of sense of irony to them that i don't appreciate right um you know, like, Roger Moore sort of had, like, a wink to the stuff. Like, you know, Roger Moore was basically there for 15 years telling you, eh, don't take this too seriously.
0: Right. Right. But, um... As, as soon as you mentioned Roger Moore kind of with a wink, I, I pictured him looking at the bottle of Fuyuk in uh, Which one is that? Where Like, the, the wine is called Fuyuk because he's, uh, he's in Japan or something, and it's a, it's a terrible...
2: Uh, probably the <laughs> man with the <laughs> golden guns. It's the only one he went to the East, uh, East Asian.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I can picture that. And he's like, foo-yuck. And he just kind of like looks. <laughs> anyway, sorry to interrupt. Go ahead.
2: Oh, no, quite all right. But, yeah, but the Bronson films have just seemed like, like, you know, where Roger Moore was saying, like, don't take this seriously, but it's pretty fun.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Pierce Brosnan, like, the tone of the Pierce Brosnan films uh, seems to be like, isn't James Bond silly?
0: Hmm. Yeah,
2: that's true. Um, and they're also just bad. Like, I rewatched um what's, uh, the moment Michelle Yeoh, um, Tomorrow uh, Never Dies. Yeah. Right, right. And it was like one of the most uninspired films I've ever seen. I looked up the director's credits. Uh, he was the man responsible for Stop Where My Mom Will Shoot.
1: Oh, Oh, is that? Okay. Wow. That's good to know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so somebody saw that and they were like, you know what we need to do? Give this guy a James Bond movie. Exactly. <laughs> this is what James Bond is all about. He gets it. <laughs>
1: yeah and you know and also that that's a big factor in like the fact that these things the running time is over two hours you know I mean Mm. if it's if it's not going to come together it just it just drags you know yeah definitely
0: with the more recent ones I know the songs a lot better than the uh, than the actual movies because there's just you know this this kind of I don't want to call it a rich tradition because that sounds kind of pompous but there is a certain level of like oh you do a James Bond song and it's a you know it's a certain like cultural achievement
2: Right. No, definitely. And there is a sort of um, there's a tradition of them all being significant pop hits or at least getting the commercial, uh, getting the sort of like commercial push for them to be like significant hits.
0: Right. Right. And but but they're not, you know, it's not like they pluck somebody, you know, they're not trying to push like a like a, uh, you know, fly by night pop star necessarily to do a, a James Bond song. It's like you have to, you have to go to a certain level and then maybe we'll let you do one.
2: Exactly. Although yeah. there are ones that like, I mean, I think the, the artist who recorded the theme to the man with the golden gun was uh, named Lulu or something.
0: Yeah. Lulu to Sir with love.
2: Oh, is that what that was?
0: Yeah. Huh.
2: Who knew? Well, you did. Um, <laughs> um Also the theme to, with that said, I mean that, that's true to a point, but also they gave Aha a theme.
0: Really? What was yeah, that? Yeah, it was the Living
2: Days, right? Oh. oh. Yeah.
0: That was the first one with the Prince Baron. Not yet. What? yeah, what? Could we can we call them Prince Baron and Remington Steel? Otherwise I get them confused by name.
2: Sure. Yes. Okay. That was the first one with Prince Baron. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And uh, all time high is gonna be one of the worst songs ever written. Oh, come on. <laughs> all it's time high is bad. terrible.
0: It, by nature of being, you know, associated with those other songs, it, it, I, I feel like it's, uh, it's, who did All Time High, anyway? What is that? Uh...
2: Exactly.
0: It's not Carly Simon. She did that the good song. Rita Coolidge. Oh, uh, Rita Coolidge. There you go. Yeah, I have nothing to say about Rita Coolidge.
2: <laughs> really? I thought you were going to make an impassioned defense. <laughs> no,
0: I can't even think of what else she did. Uh, so.
2: well, All she wanted was a sweet sensation for just an hour or two. What can you expect? <laughs>
0: And what movie was uh, All Time High from? It's not, there's not a movie called All Time High. I know that yeah, much.
2: That is from Octopussy. I, I imagine oh, that right. trying to write a song with the word Octopussy in it became a
0: challenge. <laughs> Unless you gave it to two live crew.
2: Yes, which
1: isn't a bad idea. No, really. yeah, that
0: would have been a fantastic James Bond song.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in this day and age. Not, wait, are you saying that you do not care for All Time High or just it's funny to you? I am
2: anti, well, like, all time high sounds very schmaltzy light FM to me. Okay. Um, and not to say that, you know, like, like you know, the James Bond films, I mean, one of the kind of interesting things about them as a series of films is that while they certainly appeal to, you know, four or five, six year olds like us, um, when we were four, five, and six, like, they always did seem to court grown ups. Right. Uh, so I'm not saying that, like, Van Halen should do a theme, but, um, You know, for the most part, like the themes are sort of like, you know, for the most part, the themes tend to be standards or have like a, you know, kind of American songbook quality to
1: them. Sure. Yeah. Like something you put on vinyl and have a brandy with, you know.
2: Exactly. But like all time high is just sort of like lame, I guess, for lack of a better word. It just really has this like light FM quality to it that I find very underwhelming.
0: Well, that was the 80s, you know. There was a certain allowance for that, more so oh, yeah,
2: now. No. I mean, in many, in many cases, the James Bond films can be victim of, victims of their time. Right. And it was just fortunate that uh, the early 60s were pretty rad.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, looking at my uh, th- this playlist here now, uh, I didn't realize that Shirley Bassey did three James yep. Bond songs. I thought she only did two. Uh, but, silly of me, how could I forget Moonraker?
2: The Moonraker? theme i find fascinating because i know it and i watched moonraker maybe about two months ago um i will never remember the theme to moonraker
0: no i can't remember it now despite looking at the artist and the time and the uh album in, on which it uh, resides I, I can't remember the damn song
1: yeah it's w- moonraker is such a strong i mean a lot of them do but like yeah when i go back to think about moonraker i just think about the incidental music and then that that space that uh the space station um That sort of flighty kind of music in there. But, yeah, I don't know what the the Moonraker title song, it always eludes me. Mm.
2: Um, Yeah, like, I kind of know it because I was trying to, like, why don't I know this song? Like, I pretty much studied it, but uh, I'm not going to sing it now.
0: Uh, (laughs) Come on, even for the podcast?
2: I guess you're right. Um, No, no, I'm still not going to do it. Just like the Moonraker knows, that's really all I know about it. Okay, yeah,
1: that's that's it. All right. I like it.
2: And it starts out with, like, a where are you?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay.
2: I think one of the reasons why nobody remembers the song is because it's, like, there are 47 parts to it.
1: <laughs> right. But, it's yeah, it's got that good, like, melody when it comes in. In the beginning, it's like, do, 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 do. <laughs> where are you? Yeah. Now I remember it. Thank you. going back that far i mean i sort of just like lost track of the whole brosnan stuff um but um yeah i mean that's it's i sort of just like became a lot more pop friendly or you know the demographic kind of shifted mm-hmm. in the 90s i mean i i couldn't really tell you what like we're like the madonna one or the the garbage one or um
0: the madonna one is garbage oh it is garbage.
1: Um, but it, it is kind of funny, because we just watched Casino Royale, and, and that's the one with... Um, Chris Cornell. Chris Cornell. Uh, uh, I thought you were going to say Herb Alpert. <laughs> it's a ballsy, a ballsy one. Um,
2: so I think yeah, that's not it's, a bad song, I mean, for Bond That's a decent Bond film theme.
1: Yeah, I just I think it's got to be the most angriest theme of all of them. Which kind of fits the tone of the film. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, so that's... I mean, it, it does fit everything. Like, you know, as soon as he comes in, it's like, yeah, this guy's, you know, really violent. and. Mm-hmm. Chris Cornell should have warned you about that, you know, and yelled at you about five minutes ago.
0: Um, (laughs) I I think I remember the Madonna one being disappointing at the time, right? Weren't people kind of nonplussed by it when it came out?
2: Uh, I certainly was. If I had to assume, I would say that, um, that, you know, that was kind of like as Madonna was sort of like, you know, going away into the night
0: sort of. (laughs) Like there
2: was no longer like a consistent Madonna song playing on the air anymore. Which I mean, effectively for most of our lives, up until you know, like from like 1984 to about 2000, that was just there was always a Madonna song. Hmm.
1: But but you know, it's interesting. Like you know, saying like these the the the, the, the themes and everything they choose are a sign of the times. Like the fact that Skyfall has that sung by Adele. Which mm-hmm. I kind of like. Um, no, I think it's a fantastic Bond theme. But it's funny. It's like not that it it didn't, they didn't arrive there by way of using like a traditional Bond song. It was more like that kind of music is like hot right now. That's sort of like,
0: mm. you know. Maybe
1: Bond broke up with her. <laughs> that's possible. That, but, uh, that's the formula for a great Adele song. Yeah. So it's funny that that sort of like that throwback is like, you know, in vogue right now. And then that's, um, that's the Skyfall theme.
0: Wait, in vogue did a a James Bond theme?
1: (laughs) I think they did one of the Timothy Thornton.
2: They were in fierce competition with Tony, 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 but.
0: uh... (laughs) (laughs) I mean, maybe it's just our shifting kind of perception of pop culture, but it does seem like, much like Madonna, that they're never kind of on the cusp of, you know, what's hip and what's hot. It's always just like somebody fading a little bit, you know, once they're established and, and kind of maybe a little bit past their prime, but not totally passe, mm-hmm. then that that's when they kind of hit, you know? it's like like Madonna was just, you know, past her prime, but still, you know, in the public eye. Uh, Duran Duran, you know, that was, did they have any hits after A View to a Kill?
2: No, but they were still huge. I mean, like, of that, you know, in that time, like, I think that song came out in 1985. Right. And like Arena, which was, you know, multi-platinum album came out in, what,
0: 1984, you know? Mm-hmm. All right. So maybe I'm wrong about that.
2: Yeah, but I mean, I, I get what you're saying, and there, there's a point to that. And I think, like, well, it's actually one of the things I've always found interesting about the series was when you look at, like, the first six. You look at, um, you know, Dr. No to Her um, Majesty's Secret Service.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and, you know, like, they it always seems that they're very hip and very much of their, like, and not hip in a way that's dated, but in a way that feels, like, natural. And there always seems to be, like, this idea of, uh, I don't know, like, I mean, they're well-done films, but additionally, like, they're not, they don't seem to be trying to clue into what's hip. They just seem to be, like, making their own rules for what's hip. Okay. You know, to, like, to give you an example, like, I uh, did give you, like, in comparison, you know, You Only Live Twice features ninjas. And in 1966, I believe, ninjas were not exactly, like, you know, pa- you know like, a standard of Western uh, television.
0: Right. We didn't have Ninja Magazine yet.
2: Right, exactly. Exactly. Um, but then you look at like the Roger Moore films, and it's like, <laughs> you know, I mean, like nineteen, you know, as black exploitation is, you know, at its height, um, you know, Live and Let Die* is released, um, you know, when kung fu movies are at their height. For you know, there's a scene with James Bond in a dojo in um, on, the, on the Man with the Golden Gun. Um, you, you know, like like there are a lot of like like Star Wars, obviously the biggest one. Star Wars is huge, so suddenly so, *Moonraker* is about like you know, just has Astro Commandos in it. <laughs>
1: Right, and I, I mean they were self aware of that, and then I think that's why they tried to to tone it down for your eyes only, with your mm-hmm. eyes only, um, and just sort of uh, simplify everything again. Um, but yeah, I mean they I, they've said that they've admitted like at the end of each like Bond franchise, it's sort of just reaches some kind of critical mass where they're, where they're sort of getting a little more gimmicky. I mean, I don't know about, like, the Connery ones. I know Diamonds of Forever kind of has a lot of stuff in it that I don't know. Yeah, I, I do
2: it's a little, yeah, a
1: little yeah, you know?
2: Like I said, I think the first six are fantastic. Um, I've always theorized that once Peter Hunt leaves the series, who edited the first five and was the director of Her Majesty's Secret Service, yeah, like cinematically, they kind of went downhill for a bit. Um, and yeah, Diamonds Are Forever is just like I'm really glad that Sean Connery didn't stick around.
1: Yeah, I mean, at that point, it's just like there's a lot of absurd things that happen in there. Um, so that was
0: after because yeah. he he left on Her Majesty's Secret Service, and then he came back. Yeah, he was offered forever. him some ridiculous amount of money. Right.
1: He came back. Yeah, and like I, you know, I can't say like exactly what it is about his performance, but it does seem, and maybe this is just biased by watching it and knowing, you know, where it is, but it just it does seem like he's not giving it his all, maybe. Yeah, well, he looks he looks really old. <laughs> yeah, he does.
2: I was gonna say he looks really old. He put on a like a pretty decent like degree of weight in between the two, in between, um, in between you only Live twice and diamonds are forever. Yeah um He doesn't really look that interested, and also, and you know, this is, but you know, partially due to the time because I think that came out in, like seventy seventy one. Yeah, seventy one. Like, really? The clo. I mean, you know, the clothes are terrible in that film. Like, there's no st- like stylistically, it looks horrible. Like, everybody is hideous looking.
0: That might have just been a seventy one. I mean that.
2: Yeah, no. I mean, I'm sure it That's was seventy one to an extent. But
1: That's a fact. But, <laughs> you know what it was there's there's just so much non like classy stuff in diamonds are forever that it kind of becomes a little bit of a drag Mm -hmm. you know like he's just like the amount of time that he spends in circus circus and vegas and stuff and i don't know it's just like it's just it's kind of a downer you know there's just like a lot of these like rough like just casino people and like I don't, even, I don't even i don't even know what he's doing
2: I there's a lot of like mafioso stereotypes like you know stem yeah, like, type guys
1: yeah like guys that could have just been like in cannibal run as well you know yeah. it's like you know just had like would have been
0: a, a fantastic crossover <laughs>
1: yeah like uh yeah.
0: thunderball run
1: hey mm-hmm. nice nice <clears throat> yeah we could talk about the spoof movies too later well i was okay. going to oh, uh brother
0: transition from from